0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of out and about with Antoinette now you know this is a podcast where I get an opportunity to interview awesome people who are from in and around the state of Delaware that are doing some positive things in their communities And today I'm so excited because my special guest is Madeline Porter. Madeline is the founder of crowning our heritage program. That's right. Heritage. H-A-I-R. Yeah, we're going to talk about hair. It was created and launched just in time for Black History Month in February. And she has created a four-week program in which she focuses on the history of Black hair. You know, we're starting with styles such as Egyptian wigs and braiding with natural hair movement as well, as well as the influence of Madam C.J. Walker. Her program also covers her own personal journey through embracing her natural hair, and she's going to share a few antidotes about some styles she tried that she liked and didn't like as well. And when, you know what, we're going to Touch on the issues of cultural appropriation with the recent Crown Act. Madeline, welcome to Out and About with Antoinette. Thank you so much for having me. I have been with you for a minute. You know, um, congratulations first and foremost on the creation of crowning our heritage. And I've been following you and watching your evolution since our very. First meeting many years ago. You may recall it was at the Delaware Art Museum and you were our tour guide for the Latino presence in American art. And from that point, I've met you. I was just so blown away by your personality that I knew that eventually you were going to do some great things. And I'm so happy to be a part of it.
1: Thank you so much. I
0: appreciate <laughs> it. She's shy. She's shy. She's got, We got to bring her out, you know, now, okay. So this is what's going to bring her out of her shell. in the introduction. I said, you know, she created this four-week program on the history of African and African-American hair. Very timely, very timely, very timely, especially with the passage of the crown act, but it's not in every state. Madeline, tell us a little bit more about not only, you know, this program, but your journey to in creating this program.
1: So um, my story isn't unique. There are a lot of black women and black men who did, you know, even in their childhood, very early on, start to begin to feel sense of hair insecurity and hair inferiority, because a lot of the images definitely in the nineties didn't include natural hair images. Not in the models, not in the magazines, not in the music videos, not in the movies. Now that has since changed. There's a lot more advertisements, including puffy, thick, coarse, kinky, curly hair. But even a new phenomenon has become an issue um, called texturism, where you have lighter skinned models with looser, you know, S curls, waves almost. And that'll be preferred over people who have the kinkiest texture 4C coarse hair. And I thought that that needed to be addressed because, yes, I was happy for the second wave of the natural hair movement. The first one was in the 70s and the second one was in the early 2000s. I noticed on college campus, my peers going natural. It was the thing to do. It was super trendy. But even then, anything that can be capitalized on, there's almost like this watering down of natural styles and also this promotion of needing like 20 to 25 products (laughs) Mm -hmm. to get this this loose you know remember the jerry curl from the 80s right it's like yeah curls are beautiful but only if they're loose and shiny and wavy and and that's an element of texturism that preference for you know your hair's okay only if it's whitish
0: And I remember as a youngster, um, very young child, my grandmom, she would bring all the, the kids in. And, of course, the the cousins would get their hair straightened. You know, we would smell that burn on the yes. stove. Oh, my so gosh. And oh. the, the grease. And I remember, I'm going to be honest with you, I was jealous because mm-hmm. I had straight, thin hair. Mm-hmm. And I wanted an Afro I mean, I wanted Afro puffs so bad. I tried Mm. my darndest with like cans of hairspray and hairspray and hairspray. I could never get those Afro puffs. But, you know, we all have our our tail. I still have one of my grandmoms straightening irons and it just takes back to that memory, that smell of, you know, Mm. the burning and the processing of hair.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my, my mom, whenever she straightened my hair, I knew guaranteed I was going to be burned on the ears at least once, maybe twice. <laughs> it was so frequent to just, you know, accidentally slip and burn the flesh. Mm-hmm. And so it really was, you know, to be honest, a bit traumatic. And I remember my mother, she insisted on me having pride in my natural hair. Like she was okay, of course, pressing it. But like, as far as chemically altering it with lye which is very damaging to the scalp I wasn't allowed to do that until mm-hmm. high school so even if I asked as a teenager hey I want to I want to get a perm she was like no you're not old enough that's a that's a grown woman's mm-hmm. you know, like, sure look and even the perception that like braids are childish and juvenile like you can be a grown woman and rock braids but there mm-hmm. is this perception that like there's this age association with once you get your hair straightened and permed you're grown now. It's a mature look. It's a sophisticated look. And I remember there were subtle messages saying that this was a superior appearance because every time Easter came around, press your hair. Mm -hmm. And I had my debutante ball, press your hair. I don't remember of all the Black girls in the debutante ball I was in, not one single one of them had natural hair. They all had like high buns or added on (laughs) curls and so I was just like so we're at an all black event with all black girls and all black parents but we're all wearing straight hair something very sinister is happening here and there's no white people present we're doing it to ourselves
0: that is yes that's deep i you know i never even thought about it that way um Mm -hmm. this is not new you know this was before you before me now the crown act, you know, mm-hmm. we have to have a law or we have to have legislation to wear our natural hair at, at, at workplaces. What, you know, that just still blows my mind.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not legal everywhere. It's only legal. And I think either 12 or 13 States, which, you know, since they are 50 States, that's a little more than one fifth of the United States. And I just, I want that to be acknowledged. Like as far as Delaware, our state, it is legal here, but it's legal as of last year in April. Like that's how recent. The first state to, um, you know, legalize it, that was about two or three years ago. Like the first one, I don't remember which state that was, but you can go to Wikipedia and get a listing of state by state and date by date when the Crown Act was uh, legalized.
0: Now, you launched Crowning Our Heritage um, recently, but this is something you've probably been working on for a while.
1: Yes. Um, Believe it or not, I've wanted to do this program like, I don't know, maybe five years ago. But considering the sensitivity of the topic, I knew that I would have to be able to talk about hair trauma and still keep my composure, which isn't easy to do. I have stories of children at school uh literally grabbing my hair and yanking it hard or pulling it from the root um and basically treating me like I'm some circus freak or a zoo animal and at the same time when you know on the internet <laughs> on twitter black twitter will be like don't touch my hair don't touch my hair and the reaction is well why are you so mean why don't I have the right to touch you when I want to touch you mm mm-hmm. You know and it's kind of this concept of like unfortunately black people suffer this reality where our bodies are not considered our own that we don't have the right to say don't touch me that's seen as offensive like well why can't i touch you mm-hmm. i'm not an animal i'm not a pet i'm not something i'm not an object right and so i have every right to tell someone it's not appropriate for you to reach out without asking and and dig your fingers into my scalp. You are mm-hmm. violating my personal space and my bodily autonomy.
0: And yeah, and I've, you know, what really drives me uh crazy. I mean, my sons are older. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I I see, like you said, on social media where there are teachers, actual teachers yes. that feel yeah. they can cut a child's hair simply mm-hmm. because they a- they deem it not uh picture worthy or not, you know, mm-hmm. sanitary. And it just it just I just sometimes wonder if my sons were younger and and you know when they were younger and they, they wore afros, they wore cornrows, they wore braids. I used to love to corn roll my sons' hair. I mean, I I say today that they took all my 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 hair follicles from me after I gave <laughs> yeah, birth absolutely. to them. Oh, what I'd love to have, you know, the hair that they have. But, you know, mm-hmm. how how oh, if they had walked in the door and someone had cut their hair or removed Mm -hmm. their braids, I would have probably went off.
1: And and it is very much a violation in a spiritual and sacred sense. And what I'm getting at with that is it's not just Black people that have suffered the, the whole hair thing. I know a very frequent practice in Native American communities was to cut the hair of Native Americans because they believed in a spiritual sense that they are not to cut it like they would not cut it culturally and spiritually and so in the process of colonizing them it was very common to cut Native American kids hair mm. so this isn't this isn't like just something happening to us cutting people's hair in spiritual religious sacred contexts is it's it's doing more harm than what we're seeing on the surface It's you know saying I, at any time, have the right to violate your physical body in any way that I desire. And your body is owned by me and the government and the country. So, you know, while it may seem like, okay, this was a bad thing, hair assault, it's a lot deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. an act to promote the idea that our bodies are not our own.
0: Now And, you know, it's amazing, you know, like you said, as parents, parents, you know, trying to tell the kids or their, their children how to do, what to do. But then we become adults or we think we're grown and we do what we want to do. And when you got to that point that you did what you wanted to do with your hair, what in the world did you do? What did you like? What happened? What was like the worst thing you've ever done to so your hair?
1: With, with um, like changing over to natural, right? Usually girls have to do the big chop and the big chop is when you cut off all the processed hair and and you have to cut it off because it's literally chemically altered. It's not ever going to go back to its kinky state. It will at the root, Mm -hmm. but you do have to cut off that process part. It's usually very damaged and dead. That being said, I had my head shaved for the first time at 18. Mm. Um, I had a really, really just tough freshman year. And it was actually my father who who shaved my head and has been shaving my head. I've, I've been not bald, but, you know, it's just a shortcut like six or seven times in my life. I've shaved my hair numerous times and people are always surprised when it grows back. Like, I feel like there's this really weird societal stigma that will say like a woman cutting her hair short, let alone as short as I went is just, my gosh, you're not even female anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, my 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 ex-boyfriend at the time uh said very hard words to me when my hair wasn't as short he referred to my hair texture as that of a brillo pad and mm. called me brillo pad and he was black he was mm. black and and then when it was shaved you know to the head he said people are gonna mistake you for like being my brother because apparently people thought we looked alike he was not kind to me but he's not the first you know, black guy to berate my black hair. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty common, unfortunately, for there to be black men who say, "Oh, I need something to run my fingers through. I need, you know, straight and, you know, laid for the god, the mm. laid, you know, just like I mean, you know, there's just this this thing of all the video vixens and the rap videos. What does their hair look like? Mm-hmm. I just I know that it's important to address issues of oppression um, in a sense of another community against us. But I also think it's just as important to analyze ourselves, to have self-reflection and realize that we are internalizing these messages and we're oppressing each other as well. And I know that's not like a popular perspective to have, but let's say tomorrow we get all the rights we want, all the financial accessibility we want, everything that we've been fighting for, we still have white supremacy inside of us. There are black white supremacists. <laughs> like, I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but when you say to your kid, Hey, you have an interview tomorrow, make sure you fix your hair. Just use wow, the yes. phrase fix your hair. We, you and I both know what that means. Mm-hmm. I don't have to explain what fix your hair means or right. my favorite. You wear your hair natural. And it's what are you gonna do with your hair? Mm. Like it's it's already done,
0: right? Exactly. (laughs) It's natural. It's natural. This is my natural hair. Oh, wow! Or or my favorite.
1: Oh, your hair looks so much prettier, straighter. (laughs) You should wear it like that more often. Oh,
0: Madeline. Oh, man, you just you're bringing back uh, memories and thoughts and and, and yeah. emotions, man, you, yeah, this, this, this uh, program is definitely needed. We're going to take a quick break. And when mm-hmm. we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Madeline. Um, and I want you to, you know, learn more about her and how you can connect with her for this program. So go grab yourself something, a sip, a snack, uh, smack, snack, you know, and we'll be right back. And don't forget, you can find and follow me on all my social media platforms by using the linktree ID, A Blake Enterprises. That's right. I changed it to A Blake Enterprises. We'll be right back. Greetings. This is Dr. Essie McCoy, your podcast host of Dr. Essie Speaks Education. I am elated to bring you a weekly show where I discuss everything about education. That's right. What you want to know, what you don't know, and what you need to know will be aired each Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Get ready, mark your calendars, and tune in to this show as we keep the pulse on education from an award-winning educator. Remember once again to tune in every Sunday at 5.30 p.m.
2: Are you ready to join the billion-dollar podcasting industry? If so, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio is ready for you. Whether you're just starting out and have no equipment, or you are seasoned pro but need help with production, Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio has everything you need. So stop making excuses and start making your podcast, audiobook, e-course, and other online dreams come true. Call Blake's Booth Podcasting Studio now. 302-261-3530. That's 302-261-3530.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Antoinette Blake, the CEO of A. Blake Enterprises Social Media Marketing and Consulting, an award-winning blogger, blogger, author, podcast host, and professional speaker. And here on Out and About with Antoinette, every Wednesday at 1 p.m., I'm interviewing a guest who's from in and around the state of Delaware, who is doing positive things in their community. And today, my special guest is Madeline Porter. And she is the founder of Crowning Our Heritage Program. That's right, Heritage, H-A-I-R. And before the break, she and I were discussing the various uh, things, you know, how we have been told, you know, fix your hair, do your hair, your hair looks straight, you know, just all that problems. When we feel that having natural hair should be beauty, that's, that's us. And she has now uh, created this program where she is focusing on the history of Black hair. And she's sharing, you know, so much information. And I am sure that everything she's talking about, we can relate to one of us, all of us at some point you know, another time. So Madeline, you know, before I ask people, you know, before I get them, get your information on how to connect with you, we were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the job interviews and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you go to school, when you go to work, I mean, I, I did 32 years. I always tell this to people. So um, my husband said, you need to stop saying that, but no, I'm going to continue to say it. I spent 32 years on the plantation with IBM. And I mm-hmm. remember there were just certain ways we had to dress, you know, um, had to, what we had to wear, how we had to do our hair. And now the crown act, I mean, I am seeing on social that so many women, I'm so happy that they're going natural and they are proud of their natural hair. You know, is this going to stay or do you think it's going to be secular? Like in the sixties, we went from natural hair back to straightening. You think that the crown act is going to continue, or maybe it'll just, you know, be here for a couple of years and then fizzle out and, and, and we'll be back to where we were.
1: So I think that in reference to the crown act that well I think it will spread to other states but when I shared my excitement at the crown act with another coworker they did point out that if a company wants to fire someone they are able to find other ways around right. that you know they'll they'll just find some other reason to right. let you go and the real reason will be hidden um, I think, to my knowledge, Delaware is a fire at will. Like, they don't yes, have to
2: give
1: you which I think should be illegal everywhere. I think every state should have to have a valid reason for firing someone. Um, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> right. um, that being said, I, I think it's a step in the right direction because at least the conversation is happening. I think people outside of the Black and natural hair community have little to no idea how deep this hair issue runs. And, you know, I guess the most disturbing factor is uh, the children, the black children who are like five years old, and their parents have begun processing their hair because they said it's too much work and it costs too much for me to maintain it. So the kids end up growing up thinking that their natural hair is straight. My mother has taught kids in her class who don't realize that at the root, their hair is not straight. Like they're not even aware of that. And she said, if you stopped going to the salon every six weeks, what would grow out at the root wouldn't be, they don't even know what the real hair looks like. That's tragic. Um, and and I, you know, I'm not against a black woman choosing to wear a protective style or to wear a lace front weave or to do the baby hairs or all that. I mean, they have that right. You have the right to wear your hair as you please. All I'm saying is that I, would, I don't want someone to feel that they have to do it. And I don't want someone to do it out of shame or, or even black women trying to get black men's attention in the dating scene, you know, knowing if, if I don't have my hair flying in the wind like all the disney princesses he's not going to give me a second look and and that's real i've already gone through that that's real i mean not only is it not preferred but you're also seen as like masculinizing yourself because of the shrinkage not Mm -hmm. only is our hair curly but because it's so tightly coiled it appears much shorter than the actual length that it is. And so when your hair straight, you could have like double, triple the length. But but you know, when you have an afro, and you know, I use the term TWA tiny, tiny weeny afro or something like yeah, that. Teeny
0: weeny yeah, teeny weenie afro. T-tiny, yeah, t-tiny weeny, <laughs> afro, right.
1: Like, with which I've had, you know, my, my hair is short as well. Um, you know, it's just kind of this concept that short hair is associated with masculinity. But if you look at many African tribes. There are plenty of women that have hair very short mm-hmm. to the heads, and also men with long locks. Right, right, right. And, and, and you'll find in different cultures, what we define as feminine or masculine does differ. And those are our African roots. Short hair doesn't equal masculinity, and long hair doesn't equal femininity. <laughs> like, anyone can rock it. It's fine, So I think we should lean into that, you know, lean into the openness of, you know, appearance can vary uh, among gender Mm -hmm. and we don't necessarily have to adopt the Western concept of what the epitome of beauty is. Our hair isn't naturally straight and that's okay. Our Afros are beautiful and there are literally white women doing all they can to mimic that. That imagery, and, right. and it, it's just they are celebrated for it. They rock braids, they rock afros, they you know make their hair extra curly, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the chic <laughs> top epitome of fashion. And it's just whenever you bring up the cultural appropriation debate, it is a very, um, a very tense topic, right? And, right. You know, it's like you don't own culture, and we're in a globalized world, and I understand that. But whereas you can wear the same styles that are cultural to me. And profit off of it on the runway Mm -hmm. magazines as a as a rapper right um I wear that I get kicked out of school I get suspended I don't get hired I, I can't financially elevate or survive if I wear my hair the way it grows out of my head and you can thrive economically there's something very wrong happening if that's the case and it's not just in reference to hair the tick tock dances with the tip of you know the black mm-hmm. trend dances and i mean it's all over in so many aspects our culture is being capitalized on and celebrated but when it's done by other people who are non-black you know i i just
0: it's hard it's, frustra- to be... it's, it's frustrating to say the least <laughs> <Yeah>. it's frustrating <laughs>
1: I'm 31. So in the 90s, as a kid, and then early 2000s as a teen, being black wasn't exactly popular. And then to see how popular so many aspects of our culture is now, and, you know, all the internet hype and TikTok and the digital, everything else, it's like, so it's popular on a white body maybe an Asian body, maybe a Hispanic body, <laughs> but on my body, it's
0: illegal. Like it's literally illegal. illegal. Exactly. It's, it's and, and that's, really and that is sad. That is mm-hmm. so sad. I mean, yeah, okay. it is just, Hey, and I'm double your age. So I know, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it in, and it's secular and it's around and in the back. So what can someone expect in this four week program Um, for you to, you know, tell us a little bit about that um, before mm -hmm. I I let you go.
1: No problem. The first class is gonna focus on the past. I'm gonna talk about laws that were enacted, you know, hundreds of years ago up till present day. Uh, One that is fairly unknown is the Tingnan laws. That was in Louisiana and they had like three different classes of people. They had the Creoles, which were black and French mixes. I have that heritage. And then you had the white and the black people on the other side. That being said, the Creole women were fair and some were passing and their hair was so beautifully adorned that they made a law saying, you have to cover it up. You have to wrap your head. You have to hide your hair. Um, That being said, I I find that awfully interesting because (laughs) we'll get on Muslim women for wearing hijabs. And we act like we never did that as a country. You can look it up, Tignon laws. We did enact a law that said Creole women have to cover their heads. So just saying, mm-hmm. pot call the kettle black.
0: Right, right.
1: So, <laughs> the second class will be me focusing on the Like the the recent past up till now. So, like my lifetime era. So, the 90s up till now. Mm -hmm. And the second wave of the natural hair movement, how things have changed, why they changed. And then the capitalization of the natural hair movement. You know, all these products being pushed, some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, The black dollar, you know, not really circulating because a lot of these black hair stores are owned by South Korean folks. And then talking about, you know, there was a documentary by, I think, Chris Rock, and he went to other countries and he was going to like Brazil and Asia, the places where the Indian Remy and the Brazilian, you know, the weaves, those, really- mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and these, these impoverished women cut their hair, sell their hair for lots of money. And then it comes to us and they're women who are ashamed to end up wearing, I mean, it's a whole cycle of just, it, very disturbing. (laughs) Um, Now the third class, you know, the last two are much more uplifting than the first two. (laughs) It's like, this is the problem. What's the solution? So the third class is me sharing my personal journey from shame to pride. You know, how did I get from feeling shame about my hair to being very proud of it and rocking it? It doesn't mean I don't ever have days of insecurity. I do, but I'm much further than, you know, where I was because there were times in mixed company where I felt like oh my gosh like I just want to like mm-hmm. put a hat on <laughs> uh, or, or my favorite my hair is pressed and it starts to rain and people are <laughs> looking at me and they're like no because I remember standing under the awnings I was in college right and I was like I don't have my umbrella I, I, I can't what Madeline come on why can't you like it, you don't right. know like I was like I, I can't I can't get my hair wet like it's just <laughs> right So, you know, those experiences, I'll share my own hair journey. And to finish, the fourth class will be me sharing my artwork and my poetry, focusing on this topic. Because after all of that background knowledge, for people who don't know about this community issue, my poems will make sense. They'll know what I'm talking about. When I'm referencing these specific issues and the vocabulary that I'll be using with these specific issues. So, I do want it to end on a good note. I do want people to feel hope like we can change this. I just think, you know, not only should we focus on what is done to us that is wrong as a community, but we also need to realize we have internalized a lot of that toxic rhetoric and we will berate each other. And show that preference for whiter, lighter, brighter versions right. of blackness.
0: So, how does one connect with you to bring you to you know their venue? Is it online? How is how how do they connect to um to you know to get you to to present these uh, weekly programs?
1: So, there are a couple of social media handles for crowning our heritage. There is a Gmail. And it's spelled crowning our hair. And then there's a dot. Mm -hmm. And then itage at gmail.com. Great. Um, It's also spelled the same way on Instagram. So if you want to go on Instagram, you can do instagram.com slash crowning our hair dot itage. Okay, great. And I will Um, put that in the show notes. Good. Yep. And there's also a YouTube channel with I think about five videos. Um, If you just type in the search on YouTube crowning space. Um, heritage with no dash, no dot. It's just heritage spelled H-A-I-R. You will find the YouTube page. I'll be uploading videos on the regular because I'll be sharing other links to other resources where people can do further research. Um, I will be posting multiple videos on there that will tackle certain discussion topics around this, such as like, well, why is the cultural appropriation thing such an issue? Like, what is the problem? You know, there are black girls that wear straight hair, so why can't white girls wear thick hair? Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, and, and that's a very nuanced, a very nuanced topic. Um, again, I don't speak for the entire black community. There may be people that have no problem with it and they have the right to their opinion, but I would like to share with people if you wanna know some of the reasons why some people may feel some kind of way about that, I can explain the economic disadvantage, you know, that, that this is more than just a fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People's lives, their bag right. is literally right. affected by the hair they wear. Well,
0: this would be yeah. great not only for us, but for, you know, executives in, in those mm-hmm. positions, you know, in corporate America where they need to understand, you know, yeah us and i also want
1: to include that during the lecture that i do for these classes it's an hour there Mm -hmm. are two five minute breaks i am accepting submissions from everyday people everyday naturalistas. i want images i want pictures of your hair if you're shy and you don't want random strangers looking at your face it's okay just have good lighting you can take a picture of the back of your afro that is fine you can Mm -hmm. send those to the email Or to the Instagram and I will display them during the five-minute slideshow break. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So send those pictures. Please send those pictures. I want lots, lots and lots of natural, natural photos. I love that. I I love that. I accept multiple styles, by the way. I'm preferring and prioritizing (laughs) natural. Um, but you can send, you know, your lace brought your baby hairs, Uh Uh-huh.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, Madeline, you are an amazing woman. Like I said, you know, in the beginning, (laughs) I watched you you progress. I watched your evolution and I'm so very proud of you. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just so happy for you. But before I let you go, are there any last words that you'd like to leave the listeners?
1: Um, I would just like to say, you know, I've heard both sides of the argument, pro-natural, (laughs) anti-natural and in between. And I just think as a black woman, I don't think it's right for any person to dictate to another Black woman how she should wear her own hair. If she wants to wear lace front, if she wants to rock afros, if she wants to have braids, if she wants to have locks, if she wants to be bald, shaved, tapered what have you, it is her choice. It is her choice because it is her body and Black women have been denied bodily autonomy for centuries (laughs) Mm -hmm. so please don't tell a black girl how to wear her hair and black men get it too you know they get it too that that what is it those waves those 360
0: waves the do rags (laughs) oh yeah Mm -hmm. uh, the hairline the hairline jokes are just outrageous i know i know (laughs) madeline you are amazing again i i appreciate (laughs) you Thank you so very much for, you know, being a guest here on Out and About with Antoinette. And I hope that you will continue your mission and your vision and God is truly blessing you and will continue to do so. Thank you so very much for for just giving (laughs) me a little bit of your time. You're
1: welcome. Just make sure that people know to check their local libraries for activities because I will be doing this program on Zoom through local Delaware libraries, mostly in Newcastle County. So just keep an eye out. They will be advertising and promoting these in months upcoming.
0: And you make sure you send me any information so that I can get Mm -hmm. that out to um, the listeners as well as the followers of the blog and the vlog. So thank you. Absolutely thank you, you so welcome thank you thank you and thank you guys thank you for listening to today's episode of out and about with Antoinette where every week I have the privilege of interviewing a guest from in and around the state of Delaware who is doing some great things in their communities and Madeline she's been doing the darn thing for a minute and if you'd like to be a guest here on out and about with Antoinette please send an email to info at ablakeenterprises.com. And don't forget to find and follow me on all my social media platforms, including my blog and my blog, using the Linktree ID, which is now ablakeenterprises. So thank you. Thank you. Please share this podcast link with your family, your friends, your bay, and your boo too. And until the next time, stay smart, stay safe, and stay social because I will see you in cyberspace. See ya. It's the D.E. Diva, a.k.a. the Delaware Blogger, wishing you and yours a beautifully blessed day. Bye bye.